Let's turn in God's word. Acts chapter 23 tonight. Acts chapter 23. And I want to read from verse 11. Acts chapter 23 and verse 11. It says in the word of God, Acts chapter 23, verse 11. Let's hear the Lord's word. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. And there were more than forty which had made this conspiracy. And they came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great curse, that we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. Now therefore ye with the council signify to the chief captain that he would bring him down unto you tomorrow, as though you would inquire something more perfectly concerning him. And we, or ever he come near, are ready to kill him. And when Paul's sister's son heard of their lying in wait, he went and entered into the castle and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions unto him and said, Bring this young man unto the chief captain, for he hath a certain thing to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the chief captain and said, Paul the prisoner called me unto him and prayed me to bring this young man unto thee who have something to say unto thee. Then the chief captain took him by the hand and went with him aside privately and asked him, What is that thou hast to tell me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to desire thee that thou wouldest bring down Paul tomorrow into the council, as though they would inquire somewhat of him more perfectly. But do not thou yield unto them, for there lie in wait for him of them more than forty men, which have bound themselves with an oath that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed him. And now are they ready, looking for a promise from thee. So the chief captain then let the young man depart and charged him, See, thou tell no man that thou hast showed these things to me. And he called unto him two centurions, saying, Make ready two hundred soldiers to go to Caesarea, and horsemen threescore and ten, and spearmen two hundred at the third hour of the night. And provide them beasts, that they may set Paul on, and bring him safe unto Felix the governor. Amen. We'll end the reading there at verse 24. Now my text tonight is taken from Acts chapter 23, verses 16 and 17. It reads as follows. And when Paul's sister's son heard of their lying in wait, he went and entered into the castle and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions unto him and said, Bring this young man unto the chief captain, 
for he hath a certain thing to tell him. And my subject tonight is a call to young people to faithfully serve the Lord. Now, according to Acts chapter 23, the Apostle Paul had just returned to Jerusalem after his third missionary journey. Now, not long after his entering again into the holy city, and um, a great dissension arose as this man of God stood and debated with members of the Sanhedrin Council. The chief captain, fearing that Paul would be murdered in front of his eyes, took Paul, in a sense, into the castle at Jerusalem into protective custody. Now, Paul, of course, at this stage, didn't know that he was in danger of losing his life. Neither did the chief captain of the castle or any of the centurions. Unbeknownst to Paul, um, some 40 Jews had privately pledged before the chief priests and elders that they would not eat nor drink until Paul was dead. These were dark days for Paul. These were difficult times, even as a man of God. Humanly speaking, it looked as if his days were numbered. However, in the wonderful providence of God, one young man, an unnamed young man, an unknown young man, was largely responsible for unearthing and disclosing this plot to murder Paul. Now think of it. Wonder of wonders. As we have said in the past, the Bible has not only loads to say about young people, their hopes, their experiences, their faith, their aspirations, but has loads to say on how God uses young people, even young people that are unknown to us, young people who's not even named by name in the Bible. And here's a great truth tonight. God can use young people and can use young people to bring about deliverance and victory in many difficult situations. I want you to notice that we're told in verse 16, and when Paul's sister son heard of their lying in wait, this is the only reference that we have of Paul's sister son. It's the only reference we have of Paul's sister. Did you know the Apostle Paul had a family? Well, he had. He had a sister. And she's unnamed. And he had a nephew. And that nephew was unnamed. Now, we're told in verse 17, Paul described him to the centurion. Bring this young man unto the chief captain. He didn't say bring Jonathan or Samuel or David. We don't know the name of this young man. Maybe Paul didn't even know his name. It says again in verse 18, if you look at the text, Paul the prisoner called unto him and prayed me to bring this young man unto thee who have something to say unto thee. That was the words of the centurion to the chief captain. And then in verse 22, it says, so the chief captain then let the young man depart and charged him, see that thou tell no man that thou hast showed 
these things to me. Three times the Apostle Paul said, this young man, the centurion to the captain said, uh, this young man and the chief captain talked about letting the young man depart. Three times the Holy Ghost witnesses that this was a young man. Now it's possible he was anything but probably between the age of 8 to 20. I let you figure it out for yourself. In the Jewish thinking, a young man could have been aged 8 until he was 20. You weren't a mature person till you were aged 30. So uh, don't feel bad if you're under 30 in the Jewish reckoning. You're still uh, quite immature. Now, having thought about this, thinking about truth for youth, thinking about what the Bible has to say, not only about young people, but to young people, and how God can use them. We've already preached a message, called you to remember your Creator in the days of thy youth. We've preached a message then uh, uh, about Jonathan and his unnamed armour bearer, um, uh, about having faith in God. And last week we preached about um, Daniel chapter 3 and the three young men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And, And here's a fourth message, a call to young people to faithfully serve the Lord. This young man, whatever age he was, faithfully served the Lord. I want you to think of three things. First of all, the plot the young man discovered. If you look with me at verse 12, it says, And when it was day, and certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. And there were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. Verse 13. Now here's 40 deeply religious Jews entering into a binding conspiracy to kill the Apostle Paul. And they had a plan to do this. And that plan involved speaking to the chief priests and elders. They they were to go to the Sanhedrin council. They were to make an agreement there at the council uh, and ask the chief captain to bring down Paul the next day so they could speak to him uh, concerning something to do with doctrine or with faith and practice. Their desire was that en route that they would carry out their dastardly deed and no doubt have attempted or even succeeded in killing the great man of God. It looks like the Apostle Paul was in loads of trouble. Life for him had all of a sudden back at Jerusalem become very complicated. Now, of course, the Apostle Paul was ready at this time to to stand up for Christ. He was warned, if you go back to Acts chapter 20, and and look with me at verse uh, 22, it says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Verse 24, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. To sum it up, Paul's really saying, look, if 
I'm prepared to go to Jerusalem and if I have to become a martyr there, I'm ready to die for the Lord Jesus if necessary. And let's remember that it's written in the scriptures, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The Lord Jesus said in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And en route, there was many who tried to warn Paul, tried to dissuade Paul to stop him from going to Jerusalem, but he was determined. He said he was prepared to die there uh, because he loved the Lord Jesus more than anyone else or anything else in the world. And as you read Acts chapter 23, and as I have read from verse 12 through to 14, you can see the plot that's formed there. Forty men were to enlist the help of members of the Sanhedrin Council. There was 120 men in the Sanhedrin Council. That's at least a third of them. And they've conspired together to murder the Apostle Paul. And of course, there had to be some others who supported that and some who acquiesced in it and some who sympathized. The council was to request the captain of the castle to allow Paul to come and answer some sort of questions. And therefore, you see the the period that's involved. Not only the plot that's formed, but the period. Look at verse 12. It says, and when it was day. Now, Now, we'll stop there. Think of the word and when it was day. Let's go back to verse 11. And the night following the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Now is not interesting. Here's God's word to Paul. Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou also bear witness at Rome. Surely that was a comfort to Paul. He had a future. The will of God was being made clear to him. You're going to have to go to Rome, Paul, and you're going to testify of me there. You're going to be a witness for me there. So so here's the night before. These 40 men came together to conspire to kill Paul. And the Lord Jesus himself comes and speaks to him. The Lord comes in person. And, and, and he tells Paul, be of good cheer. Paul knows that he's in deep trouble. Paul knows that he's facing uh, the impossibility of escape by himself. And the Lord comes and says, I'm going to send you to Rome to be a witness. And immediately what happens? The next day, boom. After the comfort and solace of God's word, the devil strikes. A plot and a conspiracy emerges. And the heart of the plot? Kill Paul. You see, Satan's going to attempt to stop the word of God being fulfilled. Satan's going to attempt to stop Paul in his tracks from being a faithful witness for the Lord Jesus. And of course we believe in this conspiracy That the devil's at the back of this. This is really a satanic plot. This is a hell-inspired plot to to silence the man of God. And yet the reality is that Paul had a future. God had a hand in him. Satan was really challenging God's word. He was really challenging God's will for Paul's life. The Savior had come to bless and comfort. Satan comes to see that he bleeds and, and with a curse in his mind. Wasn't it the same with the Lord Jesus at his baptism? 
Immediately he's baptized in the river Jordan and the Spirit of God comes upon him in the form of a dove. And the father speaks, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Immediately we find him being led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 40 days. At the very start of his mission, in, in the midst of blessing, then the devil comes to have a go at him. Notice not only the plot formed and the period identified, but think of the people identified. Who were they? It says, if you look very carefully, certain of the Jews. Isn't that interesting? Religious men. Nationally, they were Jewish. They knew the law. They would have known the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. We've got the number, 40. This was a strong group of men. group of men who had vowed to the chief priests and to the elders If you get him here, we're prepared to kill him. Notice the priest's involvement. It says, and they came to the chief priests and elders and said, we have bound ourselves under a great curse that we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. Isn't that interesting? Chief priests and elders didn't rebuke them. Didn't condemn them. It didn't say, look, you're wicked men. This comes from a a, a hellish inspired, Satan inspired heart. This violates the sixth commandment. They didn't say, well, what wrong has he done? This man has done nothing amiss. They, they, they didn't argue with these men. You see, the reality is that the chief priests and elders, while they were religious, there was nothing real about it. It was only a form of religion. It was an outward show, an outward appearance. It was not a real, true heart religion. These men did not belong to Christ. They were not redeemed by the precious blood. They hadn't been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And here's a question. How was God going to overcome this plot? This very bold plot. How was going to God to get the victory over 40 people that were bent on murdering Paul? And the answer lies in the providence of God. God is in control. God is in charge. And God uses a young man. And the plot was discovered. You see, God can use even little insignificant things. God can use means to work out his eternal purpose. Here's a bleak and black situation. It's impossible to get out of. But glory to God, the Lord already knows all about it. The Lord's in absolute control. The Lord had a young man in the wings. The young man was there in the right place. He was there at the right time. The young man had the right passion. And who was he? He's unnamed and unknown. All we know him was that he was Paul's sister's son. He was Paul's nephew. He was a relative of Paul's. God can use the obscure, the unknown, the unnamed, even to do as well. A young man's in place where God can use him. And how did God use him? He discovered a plot against the man of God. Notice very quickly and secondly, the passion that the young man displayed. He's introduced to us, as I've said, as Paul's sister's son. I haven't got away from that. I I, uh, have read that many times in this past week. I've thought about it. What a surprise. Paul had a family. Paul had a sister. 
Have we not heard of her before? We don't know her name. We've not heard of his nephew before. He's unnamed. Paul didn't call him by name. He just said, this young man. See, some people believe that the Apostle Paul was disherited whenever he became a Christian by his family. His mother and father and family disowned him. Was Paul disowned by his family after he was converted? That's highly possible. In Philippians 3, remember Paul talked about suffering the loss of all things. Did that include his family because of his loyalty and love for Jesus Christ? I want you to think that Paul had a family, a sister, a nephew. And we're told three times that this nephew was a young man. That's how he's introduced by Paul to the centurion. That's how the centurion introduces him to the chief captain. And what do we learn from that? That age is no barrier to serve God. If this young man was aged between 8 and 20, then age is no barrier to serve God. God can use the old. God can use the young. Think of Charles Haddon Spurgeon preaching from the age of 16. Think of Martin Luther 25 years of age and standing at the Diet of Worms, taking on imperial Roman Catholicism. John Calvin was 22 when he wrote the Christian Institutes. Jonathan Edwards was seeing revival in New England at the age of 20. George Whitfield was preaching to thousands whenever he was but 20. Ian Paisley started to preach when he was about six. At 16, he was preaching the word of God to all who would listen. I know the late Dr. Brian Green out of London started preaching when he was 16. You see, age is no barrier to serve God. If you make yourself available, if you know and love Christ. This young man was also in the right place to serve God in the gospel. This young man was in the right time. He overheard about the plot. This young man discovered the details of the plot. He didn't keep it to himself. He didn't go home and go to bed and say, I'll, I'll sleep on it. I'll maybe talk it over with mommy and see what C says. I'll maybe tell my best friend. You know, I need to be very careful here, just what I say. Maybe it's not true. See, this young man, he had a concern for a family member. What do we read? We read, And when Paul's sister's son heard of their lying in wait, he went and entered into the castle and told Paul. He had a concern for a family member. He then, of course, told the chief captain, and we read that there, um, that he told him privately. He, he says, uh, then the chief captain took him by the hand and went with him aside privately and asked him, what is that thou hast to tell me? Look at verse 20. The Jews have agreed to desire thee that I would bring 
down Paul tomorrow into the council as though they would inquire somewhat of him more perfectly. But do not thou yield unto them. See his passion there? For there lie in wait for him of them more than forty men which have bound themselves with an oath that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now are they ready looking for a promise from thee. See the young man had a concern for the well-being of a family member. We're not told how he heard about this plot. We're not told the way that he heard. But we know that he did hear. Forty Jews are going to murder Paul. And here's some of the details. And he had such a concern that he went and told that family member, you're in danger of death and dying. He wasn't thinking about himself. He wasn't thinking about me or I or my. He didn't say, well, I'll go my own way and keep my mouth shut. He'd got a concern for a loved one. A loved one who was in danger of being destroyed by sin and Satan. Let me ask you, do you have a concern and a passion for your own loved one? Remember, age is no barrier to serve God. And if your family members are without Christ, in danger of hell fire, in danger of dying in their sins, in danger of, of going to a Christless eternity, then have you got a passion and a concern for them? The young man was in the right place in the providence of God. Mr. Nobody. He'd never been heard of before. But the moment he heard about this plan to kill Paul, he was willing to be used. Because you know what he did? He took the initiative and reported it to Paul. And then rehearsed it in the ears of the chief captain. And he rehearsed it faithfully. This young man was alert to the danger. Are we alert to the danger that our unconverted family members are in? This young man was wise. 40 men and there's only me a young man this young man was wise to the reality of a lost eternity the young man was prompt he, he, he didn't think about himself he, he didn't dilly dally he, he, he didn't drag his feet he didn't take time to really think about it this young man was really bold and full of courage and he was a risk taker for God he went to the captain. Notice what he said, verse 21. But do not thou yield unto them. Imagine a young boy, 8 to 20, speaking to an experienced captain of the Imperial Roman Guard. And he's telling him what not to do. See, this young man was full of courage. This young man is eager. This young man is prepared to be courageous and true. That this young man wants to do the right thing. This young man's acting like a light in a dark world. And if age is no barrier to serving God, then I ask you young people, are you wise to the danger? The danger of ending up, or loved ones ending up in a lost eternity. And if we're wise to that, are we prompt? Are we willing? Are, are we got courage? Will we be true to be a light in the dark place? So that we can speak by life and lip to our loved ones who are in danger. 
The story told about Dr. Livingstone, the great missionary to Africa. Whenever he came home from uh, his first missionary trip, there was an appeal, and the appeal said that uh, he needed men. And he was told by a missionary society, we got men, men ready to go now, if there's a good road in Africa. And this is what Livingston wrote back. I need men, even if there is no road. Age is no barrier to serving God. But young men need to be wise, and they need to be full of courage, and they need to have a passionate concern, and they need to have a willingness to go to be a light in a dark place and be a risk taker, no matter of the consequences. I want you to think of the um, passion the young man displayed. And I want you to think, thirdly, the purpose of the young man discussed. Think of the importance of what he did. He had a love for his uncle. He thought about the life of his uncle. He thought of being loyal to his uncle. See, you can just imagine what are the odds, what's the chance of this young man succeeding? There's 40 to 1. 40 religious, fanatical men wanting to violate the law and killing the Apostle Paul. And one young boy. See, this young boy's life was on the line. That's why the chief captain said to him, See that thou tell no man that thou hast showed these things to me. Why? Because the young man could have been murdered too. One against forty. You would have said the young boy has no or little chance of succeeding. It's a mystery. But he did succeed. Why? Because God was in it. And God was not only with him, but God helped him. And God helped him because the purposes and plans of God will be fulfilled. And every plan of hell and the devil will be thwarted. What did God say to Paul? Thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem. So must thou bear witness also at Rome. And the devil said, not if I can help it. So he inspired these 40 men to rise up and band together to kill Paul. And he would have succeeded. Only the young man was there, discovered the plot, and had a passion to disclose it. See, the young man made the most of his opportunity. It's interesting, as I've already said, this young man's unknown, unnamed. But we never hear of him again. There's only one reference to Paul's sister son in the Bible. And here it is. And he's designated a young man three times. It seems such an insignificant act that he did. And yet it's recorded in the Bible for our benefit. You see, he made the most of his opportunity. This is my moment to leave a mark. This is my moment to do something for God and good. And I'm doing it out of love. Uh, love for my uncle. The life of my uncle's on the line. And I'm going to be loyal and true to what I know. See, once the opportunity's gone, it's gone for good. 
It's not coming back. This young man made the most of the opportunity. And I, I say to you young people, make the most of your opportunities. Remember we talked about the pencil some time ago. And one of the, the, the things about the pencil is the ability to make a mark. When the, when the pencil's in the hand that can make a mark, providing it's got a good point, and you can make a mark for God. And even though you may be unknown and unnamed by many, the Lord can use you providentially to do his will and to do his work for his glory and for the good of his people. This plot failed, glory to God. Do you know many men escorted Paul to safety in Caesarea? 470 men. Look at verse 23. And he called unto him two centurions said, saying, Make ready 200 soldiers to go to Caesarea, and horsemen threescore and ten, that's 70, and spearmen 200 at the third hour of the night. That's 9 p.m. at night. And you think of 470 men escorting Paul out of Jerusalem at 9 p.m. that night, and they're going to Caesarea. That's the place where he come from. That's the place where he was told, don't go to Jerusalem because you're going to be imprisoned there. God sends him back to the very place where he had come from, this time under armed escort. That's the way God works. The purpose of the young man discussed, here it is in the Bible. And he did it because he loved his uncle. The life of his uncle was in danger. And he was going to be loyal and true to what he knew. Will you be loyal and true to what you know? You know sin is real. You know Satan is real. You know salvation is real. You know you're about your loved ones without Christ. Will you pray for them? Will you ask God to give you opportunity to leave a word and season with them? And will you so live your life before them that they will know that what you're saying is true and real. Paul didn't dismiss the young man. The chief captain didn't dismiss him. They knew that the very things that he said were true. And I pray that we will know what it is to faithfully serve the Lord, given that age is no barrier, and that God can use us providentially for his glory to do as well. May the Lord bless these few thoughts to our hearts this evening. Thank you for listening. Next week, in the will of God, we'll have a call to young people to give their heart to the Lord.